This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, we're back at you with Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, John Turley. You're sending it around the horn, by the way, uh, today. Don't know if you watched any of it on television, but it was the funeral for George Herbert Walker Bush. And then they took him out of the uh, state uh, where he was lying in state and uh, sent him down to Houston. And uh, that's where the funeral takes place. But, you know, there were eulogies today, and I thought uh, this was rather interesting. First off, uh, want to listen to Brian Mulroney, who was a longtime friend. He had these things to say about George Herbert Walker Bush. Let me tell you that when George Bush was president of the United States of America, every single head of government in the world knew that they were dealing with a gentleman a genuine leader, one who was distinguished, resolute, and brave. And Trump said, I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know. That's a I'm, funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you, because do you uh, think that, that in some ways uh, he was maybe intimating that uh, Bush was uh, cut from a different cloth than, say, the current guy in charge? Ernie, do you think there was some of that in there? Well, sure there was. I mean, I think uh, both with the McCain funeral and the Bush funeral, a lot of the speakers, the bit I've heard about today, I heard a lot about McCain when it was there, was they're trying to differentiate between the way statesmen govern and the way the current incumbent of the president, the office of the presidency in the United States is governing. And it's easy to govern you know, by creating hatred and disagreement on both sides, I would argue it's a hell of a lot harder to govern by getting consensus and uh, and compromise when you have to do it. You look at some of the things that George Herbert Walker Bush did in terms of, for example, the Gulf War. He got 29 dis- disparate countries in the world, some of whom were from the Middle East who had never been involved in a group effort like that before. Uh, to participate in a single mission. And he didn't make the mistake of hanging around after the conflict was over. He got out of there because he didn't think it, it was the right thing to do. But that is so much like a lot of things he did. But he certainly wasn't perfect. His son, Neil, today uh, was speaking before Brian Mulroney. I heard a little bit of that. And he told the somewhat humorous side of when he he wasn't the greatest gifted speaker in the world. And he made some comment about, well, you know, the undecided vote, they could go one way or the other. That's a fairly <laughs> obvious observation. <laughs> the other one was he was going through a department store and mistakenly shook the hand of a mannequin. And then the reporter sort of looked at him. He turned around to the reporter and he said, well, you never know. <laughs> so I think that does show the, the human side of the man. And I think it speaks well to uh, the kind of leadership that... Uh, that, that, that you need. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the Bush family in general, I mean, Bush 43, George Bush, uh, and he eulogized as well. These guys had a sense of humor and there was a, a certain sense of decorum and civility. Give a listen. Your decency, sincerity, and kind soul will stay with us forever. So through our tears, let us know the blessings of knowing and loving you, a great and noble man, the best father a son or daughter could have. All right. Well, he lost it at the end, uh, and he promised Jeb and his wife, Laura, he wouldn't. But, you know, it was interesting because uh, Trump and Melania, I guess, uh, got together, you know, with the Bush's uh, condolences because it was a bitter one, uh, the election for the leader of the Republican Party, where Jeb was, you know, low-energy Jeb, and, I mean, he just vilified and pilloried the guy. But here's the question, John. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, Bush Sr., uh, all these accolades and eulogies and everything. 
But he was equally vilified by the left, as was George Bush, while they were in office. I mean, it seems like this is a sepia-tinged look back, you know, uh, with all kinds of warmth and sentimentality, but it wasn't always that way by the left in the, uh, in the United States. Oh, no, States. A- absolutely. But the interesting thing today is that, is that uh, Trump is so different and because he's not part of the elite in America. I mean, he's got the money. Uh, but he, you know, he comes in and he is not respectful. He is a bully. I think Brian Mulroney was probably shocked by the way he treated Canada uh, in the free trade discussions that recently occurred. Uh, you know, he is, um, as Michael Moore said, Trump was elected to throw a Molotov cocktail at the political establishment. And so when you look at Obama and, and the Bushes and the Clintons, they're all part of that political establishment that people who voted for Trump sit back and say they never did anything for us. All right. Uh, so he's a grand disruptor. Is a guy like that occasionally necessary, Buzz? No, no, not to the extremes that he's there. There's, there's always a need and a desire uh, by people for, for change, but this guy's different. The way this guy goes at everything with a sledgehammer is, is something that can't be ignored by the rest of the world. You know, uh, when you look at the people who do the eulogies, uh, there's no way that you can say something nice about George H.W. Uh, Bush and not something, not, not somehow insinuate that there's a real problem that we have today. It just automatically flows back and forth whether they want it to or, or not. And I, I, was, I was really impressed with what I heard about Brian Mulroney's comments today, both on the environment and the important things that George H.W. Bush uh, had uh, had done, and the, and 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 the whole question of the respect he held around the world as being a a real gentleman and someone you could uh, you could trust. So that was important. This implied contrast. So when people speak of you know Stephen Harper and uh, how he recognized the importance of Alberta and uh, so on and so forth, and a global statesman, he would not typically uh, tweet somebody at a, a concert down in Johannesburg, South Africa, and say, uh, hey, 50 million, that worked for you, dude? Uh, that kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> yes. the contrast to uh, Justin Trudeau. and Justin- Especially seeing as how the 50 million had been spent over a year ago. Had and, it been? Yes, and he was, he was just trying to capitalize on, like, this is the sperm loan, and I'm a great guy, I'm going to send you a check for 50 million. The money had already been committed a year ago, number one. And number two, he's obviously just doing it for political self-aggrandizement. Mm-hmm. And number three, if it hadn't been spent a year ago and he was just off the cuff spending $50 million, now that's a serious problem. It's not his money. It's the people's money. You don't just spend $50 million bucks because you feel like it and you want to get a tweet out there. Well, but, but listen, Maybe Trump does. And well, I guess Trudeau does too. Well, you know, <laughs> Trump's tweeting, uh, I mean, it's incessant. This is like... Uh, Trudeau, and you might even say it's so spontaneous as to, uh, you know, people have built that into the equation. With Trudeau, I got to believe there's something more orchestrated here, or there's method to the madness that style counts for more than content. John, what do you make of it? So I, I would say they need to really sit down in their P- PMO's office and start thinking about how they're presenting uh, Justin Trudeau. You know, you had the trip in India. And relations with India have been a disaster ever since. You had uh, this this tweet that went out. And don't forget what, what he also said about construction workers. When he was trying to make a point, apparently, according to the PMO, uh, that there should be more more women in, in construction jobs when you you know create oil wells and this sort of thing. But what it came out sounding like is that he was speaking to some, you know, gender theory where, you know, men who go into uh, areas to build, uh, you know, pipelines and stuff, 
uh, create a lot of problems and uh, are terrible, have a terrible impact on the local economies and the women in those areas. It was like, it was like something out of like a mining camp from the Yukon in 1875. <laughs> well, it, it, like, and, and he didn't mean to say that. Before McMurray. Yeah, well, he didn't. He didn't mean to say it. Apparently, I mean, he, he apparently he was trying to say there should be more women, well, but that didn't come out. He is not a good communicator. Let's have a listen. This is exactly what he had to say at the G20 summit in Argentina. You might not say, "Oh, what does a gender lens have to do with building this new highway or this new uh, pipeline or something?" Well, uh, you know, there are gender impacts when you bring construction workers into a rural area. There are social impacts because uh, they're mostly male construction workers. How are you adjusting and adapting to those? All right, so this is the point now. Uh, He said that, but I'm reading a piece in the Star today where researchers, apparently according to this piece, say that there are impacts of male-dominant work camps when they come into rural areas. So what Justin was doing was basically speaking the truth. Do you believe that, Buzz? I I believe he was speaking what he's hearing uh, from other people uh, out there because he hasn't spent a lot of time, to the best of my knowledge, in lumber camps or in... (laughs) Uh, oil, uh, oil camps or mines uh-huh. or any camp. Oh, he's, uh, yeah. he's training so camp. Spent a little time in a cave, I think, during the summertime. <laughs> the All right. So your point is, uh, the guys, the messaging to John, what John had to say is his messaging kind of puts him in a position where he looks like he's frivolous or he's not a serious person. You're, you're nodding. It's not good yeah, on radio, no. Buzz. No. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking to me. You know, thanks for radio. Back to John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you could, uh, one could say that, yes. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I think he, he just can't help himself. He likes the limelight, and he wants the little photo op or the clip, so he just can't control himself. I think that's what happened with this most recent tweet about the 50 million bucks. All right. We'll come back. Uh, I've got a lot more grist for the mill here with Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, and John Turley Ewart. We'll continue on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on demand audio.